Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Before we get to today's podcast, we're excited to introduce you to our newest partner, which, like us, is Pure South Florida. That's Doral Toyota, where you can find all of your favorite Toyota models, whether you're looking for a new, used, or certified pre-owned vehicle. Doral Toyota is located at 9775 Northwest 12th Street. That's 9775 Northwest 12th Street, just a few blocks from International and Dolphin Malls. Experience the Doral difference, which means four years of complimentary maintenance and roadside assistance on all new vehicles. In-house financing is available for credit-related issues. Also, if you mention five reasons when you call 305-680-1129, that's 305-680-1129, or come into the dealership, you work directly with a dedicated manager, not with a salesperson. Unlike other dealers, Doral Toyota prides itself on an honest and transparent buying process. That's Doral Toyota, DoralToyota.com, or stop in at 9775 Northwest 12th Street in Doral. Vamos, let's go. And now, on with the episode. Welcome into another edition of the Five Reasons Podcast. My name is Chris Whittingham, joined as always by Ethan Skolnick. Be sure to subscribe to the other podcast in the Five Reasons Sports Network. But we want to get straight to our special guest today, joining us, the newly minted co-host of The Herd with Colin Coward Herd on Fox Sports Radio and on television on FS1. Joy Taylor is with us today. Joy, uh, you've been in Los Angeles now for two years. How's everything? Everything's great. Hey, guys. Good to talk to you. Um, everything's great. It's, it's incredibly hot in L.A. right now, which is weird to say uh, after living in Miami for almost 10 years. But when they do a heat wave in L.A., they do it right. But um, everything's great. I love L.A. Uh, miss Miami and people in Miami a lot. But um, as you said, I just moved over to the herd from um, being on Undisputed for almost two years. And a um, little change of pace, but Colin's great. I've worked with him a lot, obviously, um, filling in on the herd while I've been out here. Uh, it's fun. I mean, obviously, it's you mentioned how different it is, and obviously, you have a radio background. But when Christine Lay leaves the herd, what what sort of made you think that you wanted to go and do the herd? Well, undisputed was something that came across kind of unexpectedly when I first came to FS1. I remember, undisputed hadn't launched yet. Undisputed didn't launch until September. I came to FS1 in March. So I loved working with Colin. I filled in a lot for Christine before undisputed launched, and you know, we were, we're reaching kind of a time um, in the business, as you know, this is sort of the transition time between, um, you know, NBA and NFL. You always want to get big things done, either at the start of NFL season or before NFL season starts. And so it's just like weird uh, insider stuff. But, you know, I've always wanted to work with Colin. He's great to work with, super laid back. And, you know, the opportunity presented itself and it just made sense. I was excited to get back into radio. It's my first love. That's where I started. Um, in the business, you know, at Barry University in Miami and interning at Power 96 and QAM and, you know, obviously having the show at, at 790 for a couple of years. So I was excited to get back into radio, being that my, my original background. And, um, yeah, 
that's basically how it all, all worked out. And Chris mentioned, obviously, uh, you know, adjusting to Los Angeles. So we, we've talked to George Sedano about this a little bit since he's gone out there. Uh, I think sometimes people equate people from Miami and Los Angeles a little bit because the climates are similar. People tend to care about their appearance maybe more than they would in other cities. <laughs> obviously, there's there's more to do outside. But if you were to give me, say, two or three things that are different between the people of Los Angeles and the people of Miami, what would they be? Oh, I do see the comparisons. There are a lot of similarities to LA and Miami. I will say the weather is, I never thought I'd say this, but the weather is better in LA because you don't have the humidity. The beaches are not even close. Miami crushes it in the beach department, but I am somebody who doesn't like cold water. So, you know, the tropical beaches in Miami are just not comparable to out here. Although you do have the views out here. So, you know, it's like there's comparisons and then there's, you know, there's things that you can enjoy in LA that you can't enjoy in Miami and vice versa. The people, I would say Miami is a bit more affordable than LA. So like just the real estate alone, you know, cost of living, it's way more expensive out here. So I think you have the ability to go to Miami, you know, party for, you know, whatever people do. I don't know, like they're on their journeys. You can go, you can, you can basically fake it in Miami a little bit easier than you can fake it in LA because eventually you're going to have to find a place to live and it is expensive to live out here. So that, that is one element of it. Um, I mean, as far as the business goes, it's just a little different here. You know, Miami doesn't have the same structure as far as the, the show business element. So pretty much everyone you meet out here in one way or another is associated with the entertainment business, which is weird. Like even if you work in industrial stuff, some part of your life is associated with Hollywood because it's just, it's just strung into the fabric of everything out here. So that part of it is, is kind of interesting where like in Miami, everybody can do their own thing and have their own hustle. Everyone's kind of tied to the entertainment business in one way or another out here. I don't know what the FS1 setup is like, but are, are you on the Fox lot? Like, are you walking past? Yeah. Yeah. So, so you're walking past like movie studios on your way in to do your radio show. Like, I imagine that's a totally different experience than obviously going to Miami Gardens on 441 at 530 in the morning. Yeah. The first time I came out here, it was really, I mean, I don't want to exaggerate, but it was really like life changing. You know, you, you pull into the Fox Studios lot and, you know, the entrance has Fox Studios on it and you drive on and there's the fake you know city to your left where people where they shoot you know the movie scenes and you have the big uh studios in the back and the sound stages and it's kind of like wow like this is this is where you work you know it's, it's, it's kind of humbling to do that and, and, and then you know and, and anything like you, you do it every day you kind of take it for granted and moving to the herd off of undisputed was kind of like another moment for me to enjoy that like to reflect on that because I was like finishing my first you know, national network show, my time on the first national network show and moved to another one, you know, that my last like week on Undisputed, I kind of took some time to like appreciate that. So just coming on the lot, you know, like this is, this is really, I have a really cool job and I appreciate it, you know, and obviously like we've all worked for where we are in our careers, but it is something that, that, that I try to, to not take for granted that, you know, I get to work in Los Angeles on a you know network show with, call in and drive onto you know the Fox Studios lot every day. It's, it's pretty cool. 
In terms of your, your new role on the herd, and I feel like this is sort of a common theme that ends up happening for the moderators on wh- whether it's first take or in your case, Undisputed, where you kind of want to be able to contribute more. And obviously you did when you were, you know, at, at sometimes hosting and, and other times co-hosting on radio. How much is that sort of desire to be multifaceted, give opinions on national television and not just sort of drive the conversations like you were with Skip and Shannon? How much of that sort of adds to your desire to do your new job? I mean, it's everything. Like, what I came out here to do is to be full-time on a show as an opinionist. You know, I don't, I don't know if that's what we're calling it these days, host, opinionist, whatever. I don't like to call myself a journalist because I, I still hold a small part of my heart for true journalism and believe it still exists. So I don't want to put myself in that category because I'm not held to those standards. But yeah, like, when I did the show in Miami with Zazlo, that's what we did, you know, all day long. And that's my goal always to do that so coming to fs1 that was my goal coming in and everyone here knew that so you know undisputed was an opportunity for me to grow as a, as a talent you know i've never done live television before live radio and live television are two different things so you know i still had room to improve as a talent and grow and you know learn from someone and shannon sharp is a great opportunity for me so I believe in the process, as corny as that sounds, but I appreciate it even more now in my position than ever. Starting in the business as an intern, getting coffee, getting coffee, you know, putting together uh, rundowns and booking guests and answering phone calls, screening callers and editing and doing that, coming up in the business and learning every aspect of the business really just has made me better as a talent. Not only do I understand what the people around me are actually doing, and having people around me that, that know what they're doing, appreciating it, but it also helps you prepare. Like the biggest thing to me about being great at what we do is being prepared and knowing what's happening, not just coming in and being like, all right, so tell me what happened last night, you know, like doing your research is super important. So yeah, I mean, being, being an opinionist and giving my opinion is, is, is always important to me. I feel like I had that opportunity on Undisputed uh, in a lot of ways. I was very empowered. Skip knew my background, you know, in radio, and he knew that I that I have opinions and you know what I'm capable of doing. But you know, there's beats to shows. In order to make a, a, any show successful, you have to follow a structure for it so that you know fans know what it is they're watching and what they're getting. So to me, it was more important to do a great television show and learn how to do TV than it was to just insert my opinion whenever you know I felt like it. I picked my spots for a reason, and I felt like I was more impactful for that. And it's the same with The Herd, you know. Um, Pond does a great show, and I'm happy to be a part of it. And everybody has a, a different role in different shows, and I'm going to do the best at what my role is on The Herd. And obviously, I still have the, I have my podcast as well, and maybe I'm crazy podcast. We've been doing it since last football season. We just did our 50th episode the other day, which is really my platform to do whatever, you know, that I want to talk about alongside my co-host, Brandon Newman. So I have the opportunity to give, you know, my opinions. I don't feel constricted at all. I'm very empowered here and it's really just a great working environment and I think it's a great time for everybody in the business because there's so much need for content and with social media and YouTube the internet really there's just such a huge expansion for content and people want more sports content especially because sports is the last true live television product everything else is re-aired or on delay, like it's the last true thing that you have to be in your seat to watch. You can't miss it. So that to me has just expanded sports. There's there's new leagues popping up. You know, you have the JBA now. Like it's just sports is like 
is that the best that it's ever been to me right now. So there's just a lot of opportunities for everyone. So I think it's a good time in the business anyway. First thing, Joy, um, you know, I can't believe it's possible that you were more humbled walking through the Fox set than you were going past the Popeyes and uh, and the, the pleasure sex emporium shop <laughs> and the pleasure emporium uh, <laughs> in, in Miami Gardens. Uh, you know, with uh, with basically the barbed wire fence and the truly Nolan uh, uh, billboard right above us. I cannot in the building with no windows um, that that you worked at I, I, for two years. I loved my job at 790, and uh, believe it or not, I was. Equally as excited to, to find out that I had gotten the uh, executive producer job on the Hawkman and Zazzle show. That was my big break. So I, I appreciated that opportunity, too. So. Well, one of the things we had Amber Wilson on with us a few weeks ago, and she talked about how she sees things changing for women now. And I think what's happening with you is is a big example of this, where for a long, long time, women were given sort of the opportunity to kind of moderate shows, but not actually participate in shows um, to give their opinions. I'm just curious, in your time in the business, a couple of things. Was there someone in the business that you kind of looked to as a mentor to help you help guide you through it? And have you seen the opportunities that women are getting now in sports, in sports media in particular, changing? Yeah, I mean, I, Dan Levitar was a, was a huge mentor for me in the business. Um, I think all of us have had our careers influenced if you were, you know, a media member, a young media member in Miami by Dan. He's like super supportive. And, and I've had a lot of people help me throughout my career <laughs> to just encourage me and, and empower me. I mean, working with Zaz was a huge opportunity uh, when, when Zaz and I started our show together. So I've been blessed to work with a lot of great people who, who always saw the, the potential in me. You know, I've had some bad experiences too, but I, so has everyone. I think that the business is definitely changing for women. I mean, just the entire world is changing. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a great sense of awareness, no matter what, you know, political side you're on or, you know, what your opinions are about what's happening. Everybody is more aware now than I think ever before, because we have such an access to information. So things are definitely changing for women. They're getting more opportunities. And I think that just aesthetically, it's starting to be weird when you, when you only have men talking, you know? Like I've always, I've always found it funny that people are like, well, you know, sports are for men. Like if you just look at the crowd, like just go to a baseball game, it's not overwhelmingly men. Like there are wives, there are moms, like there's just women who like sports. It's not, it's not a weird thing, you know? So I've always just found it odd where it's like, oh, you can't, you can't talk about sports because you never played. Like, okay, I'll introduce you to 500 male reporters who have never, ever played higher than middle school, you know? So it's, I think the concept about like women covering sports has, has changed a lot. We've evolved. I don't think that we're, you know, we're past everything just yet. I'm not going to get wild, but there definitely are more opportunities now for women to be, uh, to be opinionists, to be contributors as opposed to just hosts. Before we get back to today's episode, Chris, I'm going to tell you about another sponsor here on the network. You're going to hear about them, not just on our podcast, but on all of the podcasts in our network, because we've got some really cool stuff to give away from Texas Roadhouse. Now, I can speak to this directly because the Texas Roadhouse in Miramar, I'm there every Tuesday night for kids night. My daughter will not let me miss it. $1.99 kids meals with the purchase of an adult entree. They've also got someone there making balloons for the kids. They have arts and crafts. They had a magician a couple weeks ago. My daughter had her birthday. They put her on a saddle. They sang happy birthday to her. She waved around a napkin. It's a great, great place to go. And what we're doing with them is we're giving away these $30 
gift certificates, dinner for two. So here's the question. This is how you can win. After you listen to today's episode, or at some point, as soon as you possibly can, tweet at Five Reason Sports the answer to this question. Where are at least three places that Joy Taylor worked at when she was in South Florida? So three places. She just mentioned it on the podcast. Three places that she worked at when she was in South Florida. Send that answer to at Five Reasons Sports. The first one to send the answer is going to win that $30 gift certificate to Texas Roadhouse. And you can use it at any of the Texas Roadhouse. You can use it at any of the Texas Roadhouse locations in South Florida. And now back to the episode. Let's get to some of these opinions and some of the things that you talk about on a day-to-day basis. Obviously, one of the major things is LeBron going to Los Angeles. What was sort of the run-up to free agency and obviously July 1 like from LA's point of view? Because I had been saying for months that I thought he was going there, but that was just kind of on a hunch. I really didn't have information from someone who was living there and was consuming sports in that area at the time. What was the build-up to free agency like? And then what was it like once he finally signed? For me, I've had the feeling that he was coming to L.A. for a while now. You know, obviously, I would have loved for him to go back to Miami, but I never felt like that was a realistic situation. It's more of just like a dream. (laughs) But it just made sense to me. Like, if you looked at what the Cleveland Cavaliers were at the beginning of the season, what they did at the trade deadline, I think it was just always unrealistic, other than them getting out of the East, that they ever had a chance to win the championship. And when LeBron first went back to Cleveland, I felt like, okay, it's done. He's finishing his career there. They're going to do everything that they can possibly do to put together a team that can win multiple championships. It just doesn't make sense for his brand to ever leave. But then things changed, right? Like Magic Johnson taking over the Lakers and Jeannie Buss bringing him in. You don't bring Magic in to just keep doing the, what you've been doing. You're going to, you're going to make a difference. And, and, and Magic Johnson, I don't know if either one of you have ever spent time around Magic Johnson. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. I've had the opportunity to meet him, and I just don't understand how you don't do what Magic Johnson is asking you to do when it comes to, like, business and your basketball future. Like, he's just, he's like Pat Riley. Like, you just, Pat Riley tells you, I can make this happen for you. You're going to believe that he can make it happen for you because he's made it happen. You know, so to me, once that happened, once Magic became came involved and you saw the, what was going on, the, all this complete disaster that the Cavaliers were, it just made sense. Like, LeBron did what he was, what was going to do. He went there, he brought Cleveland a championship. Nobody thought he could do that, myself included. And now he's in the part of his career where he's not going to, he's not going to do the, the, the Michael route and win six finals and six finals MVPs. So why not just be Magic Johnson? Why not go to L.A., take over a city that if you can take over, you're essentially taking over the world. Because Los Angeles is such an internationally influential city. And you're in Hollywood. You can move into a mogul stage of, of your career and your life. Your son is great at basketball. The basketball culture here in L.A. really rivals like New York and you know Chicago and some of the greatest basketball cities in the country. It just makes sense. There's too much about it that made sense to me 
I would have been shocked if he stayed in Cleveland. And that's why I didn't even give any thought to him going to Philadelphia or any of the uh, Houston. Like, for what? Why not stay in Cleveland, finish out your career there, don't damage your legacy, and just then go wherever you want to go afterwards. So just L.A. made the most sense to me, and, and so that's why I wasn't really surprised. And I don't think a lot of people were that surprised that he ended up here. So are you still team petty, Joy, or did you lose that? Because, I, I mean, getting away no, from, from Zaslow and Tobin, I thought maybe that might free you of that a little bit. But he's coming to your town again. So he didn't go to Miami like you wanted, but have you lost a little bit of that? I, I'm definitely still a petty person. Um, I'm still upset that he left Miami, and I'm, and I'm not happy with the state that the Heat are in right now. However, I said before he came to L.A. that if he did leave Cleveland and come to L.A., I was going to have to soften on him a bit. And I have, because my whole reason for being petty, I wouldn't have cared where LeBron went if he left Miami. I'd have been upset that he left, but the fact that he went back to Cleveland is what's stuck in it for me, because you know how I feel about Cleveland, and I just couldn't deal with it. So he's not in Cleveland anymore, so I don't have to deal with the, with the Cavs, and I'm talking about Cleveland, except for Baker Mayfield, and he's, he's in L.A. And, and, and as you guys both know very well, like LeBron changes life for whatever city he goes to. So... That, to me, like, L.A. is the center of the sports universe. Like, I can't complain. And the biggest part, to me, the biggest element of it for me is I don't want to be that person that when LeBron retires, I'm like, you know, I only enjoyed his four years in Miami. I didn't, get, I didn't enjoy, you know, watching one of the greatest basketball players we've ever seen. I'm not ready to give him, uh, you know, the, the, the better than Michael Jordan. Not, but let's call it number two, number three greatest basketball players of all time in his prime. I didn't get to enjoy that because I was too busy being mad about, you know, him going to Cleveland. I just can't do that. I, I got to, I got to evolve a little bit. So yes, I'm still petty uh, that he went there. Yes. I still had plenty of beef with Cleveland Cavaliers fans, but I don't have to worry about them anymore because they don't matter. and They're going to be terrible. So uh, <laughs> that, that, that is my position on it. Now. Getting back to the heat for a second. You, you mentioned how you weren't pleased with the state of the team. I feel like it's sort of uh, on a national basis, the Heat obviously are not talked about very much, but obviously given the fact that you're, you were based here, you're one of the few kind of national media members that still thinks a lot about the Heat. And I feel like in some respects, it almost allows you to be a fan again in a real way because when we were talking about the big three Heat every day, it was kind of, it's your job, it's analyzing. Whereas, because you're not really talking about them or analyzing them much anymore, you just kind of get to watch and enjoy the games, but obviously you're not pleased with the state of the team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, look, it's it's, it's been a rough couple of years. Um, obviously, through no fault of his own, the situation with Chris Bosh kind of triggered a big fallout, you know, a, a ripple effect of, of decision, kind of rash decisions that had to be made um, for the Heat. So... It's not that I'm in, like, panic mode. Um, I enjoyed watching them in the playoffs, even though, you know, we know what happened with the with the Sixers, which is fine with me. They're a better team. At this point, I just want to see some sort of step up from last year. I, I, I want to see Pat Riley, like, get back to bringing in, you know, some, some, some free agents. I, I don't know what's going on with Hassan. I can't figure it out. So if anyone wants to let me know, I'm, I'm all yours. Cause I, don't, I don't know what's happening with that situation. But yeah, covering covering the Heat for those four years was obviously amazing because you know everyone everyone was talking about Miami. But we were also the most hated place on earth, and that's not going to be how it is in LA. Like everyone's not going to have that visceral hate for the Lakers the way that they did for the Heat. And and there were a lot of elements that played into that. Obviously, uh, Chris Bosh coming, 
the way LeBron left Cleveland, uh, the, the big press conference was the one, not two, not three. Like, there was a lot of things that happened that led up to people just flipping out about the Heat. But I didn't mind it because I don't mind being the villain. I actually think the villains are more fascinating than the heroes. So, to me, it was a great time and it was definitely intense. But you're right. I can just sit back and be a fan. And, I, and I'm one of the few left that uh, people do still make fun of me. Like, a lot of guests on. I'm like, yes, I'm a Heat fan. They're like, what? Those exist? It's obviously obnoxious, but um, yeah, that's that that is that's, it's more relaxed now for me. It's not just the Lakers out there, though. Um, all of a sudden, LA has two football teams, and I, I know one of them didn't draw particularly well last year. And when I lived out, I lived out in LA, Joy, like in this is going way back, uh, 1995. Again, I think, yeah, about the time that when Chris was a child, um, I was out in Los Angeles and, uh, and I spent a year out there and they didn't have the NFL at that time. And they, they seemed to like that, like, because they, at the time that allowed them to get double headers of games in other cities. And it didn't seem like they missed the NFL all that much. Um, do you see people embracing it now with the fact that the Rams are, are obviously very good. And do you think that people will actually catch on with the chargers this year and fill that stadium a little bit. Big old no to the Chargers. I don't know what the deal is with the Chargers and like why that happened. And, and it, it just the whole thing about it doesn't make much sense to me. But the the Rams are an interesting situation. So there, there's a good buzz about the Rams here. But the weird thing about the Rams is they're not like a traditional LA team. Like the, the, the Lakers, uh, the Clippers of, of recent. You know, the Dodgers, they have this, like, L.A., kind of like a, kind of like a Miami vibe. You know, it's like a, like a little aggressive. There's a Hollywood. You know, they're, they're flashy. You see them out at the big, you know, restaurants and paparazzi. I, you, you don't see any Rams anywhere. They're super quiet for being such a, like, a young, new team, you know? Like, Sean McVay, super young, uh, tre- like, trendy new coach. You don't see them out and about. So, People do support the Rams. They're excited about the Rams being here and not so much about the Chargers. I don't really hear much about the Chargers here. Um, but I am excited about the Rams this year. I'm a snob, so I don't go to football games anymore. Um, <laughs> but but people, people do go, and I do think that the Rams uh, over the next couple of years are going to be a really relevant team for everyone. So you, you mentioned sort of how much oxygen the Lakers take now. What is that going to be like in terms of that scene? I feel like that's going to be a place that everyone's going to want to be. Is it going to feel like almost in some way, obviously the Shaq Kobe Lakers, they're winning championships. It's massive, but it, it has to be among the bigger, even not as big as the big three heat, just because of everything that, that, that went into that. But it has to be absolutely huge the way that that team is going to be supported now. I mean, yeah, the, the, I think the, I, I don't know what the exact number is, but like basically the season tickets went from being uh, like a thousand, like some seats went from like a thousand dollars to five thousand dollars within an hour of him signing. Like the, the, the stable center is going to be just an absolute experience now. Like I, I, I went to Heat Lakers game since I've been out here and it's cool, but this is going to be, it's going to be insane. Uh, it, we all remember how it was in Miami. It's going to be that times a thousand because it's, it's LA. You're going to have massive stars there every single night courtside, you know, not even courtside. It's just going to be filled. The place is going to be filled with, with famous people more so than it is already. Um, it's going to be uh, like the hottest ticket in town. It's going to be a big deal. 
Um, so it's going to be a very expensive ticket, but it is going to be a very big deal. It's going to be an experience. And if they end up doing the winning that I think that they'll end up doing, which is not going to happen this year, but next year, it's going to be one of those things where, like, it's going to be legendary. We'll wrap things up here with Joy Taylor with a bit of rapid fire in just a second. But first, a word from one of our sponsors, the International Champions Cup coming to South Florida in just about a week's time, July the 28th, the big match between Manchester City, the English champions, and Bayern Munich at Hard Rock Stadium in South Florida. Then the other men's friendly, Real Madrid taking on Manchester United. Some really good games going on in the men's edition of the International Champions Cup. Then you have some women's action as well, July 26th and July 29th, a doubleheader of games on both of those days involving four women's teams, two from France, Olympic Lyonnais, and Paris Saint-Germain, one from England and Manchester City, their women's team coming here too, so if you're a Man City fan, women's and men's teams here in the span of about three days, and then North Carolina Courage of NWSL, so men's and women's games here in South Florida. The next week's worth of events are going to be awesome for soccer fans in the area starting July 26th. So there's, there's games July 26th, 28th, 29th, and 31st at Hard Rock Stadium. So if you are a soccer fan, you got to be out of Hard Rock Stadium in the next week. Tickets available at internationalchampionscup.com, and you can follow them on social at INT Champions Cup. Check out the International Champions Cup coming to South Florida July 26th through the 31st. All right, so I wanted to get to some rapid-fire stuff with you now. A few questions, throw them at you, see what you think about them. Harder to talk out of an opinion, Colin Coward or Skip Bayless? Oh, Skip. Skip, for sure. Skip Skip does not – Skip's opinion, he believes, was his whole heart and soul. Uh, Colin, Colin, I can I can throw some stuff his way, throw him a curveball and get him off of it. Skip, no way. All right, what is the best way to deal with Twitter trolls? Uh, the best way to deal with them is to ignore them. The more fun way to deal with them is to cleverly roast them, which I which I do uh, maybe once a week. And the worst way to deal with them is to allow them to get you emotional. Um, more, more often than not, it ends up in a disaster when you do that. doesn't seem like you do that very often, right? Like it's, it seems like you're able to kind of cut them off and move on. Oh yeah, I don't. I I've moved past the stage in my life where I get get into an emotional spat with a stranger on the internet. I don't. Every once in a while, someone will say something that I'll be like, yeah, yeah, I kind of got to take them down a few pegs, and then I'll do it. But you just can't. You can't allow. I try to not read comments. I try to not get too deep into the mentions because it, 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 someone's going to say something that's going to trigger you, and it's just it's just a waste of time, really. I like to interact with people, but if somebody's saying something to bother you. More often than not, they're really just a fan. They just they just like want some attention, and sometimes they're just mean people. But either way, I got stuff to do today, so I, I can't be I can't be sitting around arguing with people that I don't know. You know, <laughs> harder to do radio or television. Oh, um, harder to do. It's they both they both have um, their own challenges. I would say television, just because you have to be conscious of what you look like. So in radio, you can roll in. I'd roll in and you know, sweatpants, hair in a bun, no makeup, um, slouched over. You know, it doesn't matter if I have bags under my eyes like that. No one sees you. Where on TV, you have to do everything you do in radio, but also uh, pretend that you like, you know, have good posture and stuff. So there's there's like another element of like what you are doing is performance wise in television that you don't have to worry about in radio. So I would say TV for that, for that reason. And favorite moment uh, from your brother's Hall of Fame induction last last summer? 
Oh, I mean, that was, that was an amazing experience. Um, just the whole, the whole weekend, uh, getting, getting to be with the family, uh, getting to see, you know, him with all of his college teammates, um, his speech, but really the moment that stuck out for me is, is, uh, it's, it's the Friday night banquet that they have. So they have, um, this big private banquet. Um, you, you can get tickets to it if you're there in the area, but they don't, I think they air it on NFL Network. Um, but it's basically a banquet and they introduce all the Hall of Famers and it's where the Hall of Famers, you first get your gold jacket. And they have this moment where all of the Hall of Famers that like, you know, are still with us, obviously, uh, they introduce every single Hall of Famer and they, you know, they bring them out, they all walk out into this big stage and then they, they, they line up in like this long receiving line. And then they introduce the new Hall of Famers for the first time, their presenters on stage with their gold jackets, the guys walk through like shaking hands and high fives with all of the Hall of Famers down this receiving line and then walk up onto the stage and get their gold jacket for the first time. And it's just like bleeping incredible. Like if you're, if you're a sports fan, if you're an NFL fan, it's an ex- like, like hardcore is an experience. I highly recommend you try and see because it's, you're in a room with all of the greatest living NFL legends, of all time and then you get introduced to the new hall of famers who are having this incredibly emotional moment where they get their gold jacket it's like the first time it becomes really real and it is so cool like it's so incredible it's like waterworks everywhere and it's like like him getting when being in the room with him when he got the knock on the door that feeling like of just like immense like i'm so proud it's, it's, I'm so incredibly happy for him, like getting this acknowledgement for all of his hard work, like seeing everything that, you know, we've been through as a family and like him growing up and being homeless and having to, you know, work through being an Akron and, you know, putting on weight, coming in undersized and league, just like everything, everything in that moment, like comes to like fruition. And then that moment, that weekend, just him walking through the line and then getting his, getting his jacket, like that is just, that's the best moment for me. That's awesome, and, and and that that video was. I think the Dolphins ended up putting out the video of that knock on the door, and I don't know who that guy is, but he's. I just imagine him, the guy with like this the the crazy strong handshake, and 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 all the yeah. all the football players go in for the hug, and it it, it really is incredible video. I, I didn't I didn't know about that ceremony. I'm definitely I've I've not been to a Hall of Fame yet, and I think I definitely want to go and check that out. So Joy Taylor again, co-host on the Herd. You can watch on FS1. You can listen to it on Fox Sports Radio. Or or on iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to that station. So, Joy, appreciate the time, and thanks for doing this. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, this is Seth Levitt, and I am here with two-time Miami Dolphins team MVP. Seth, 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 man. They already know this is OJ McDuffie. Why don't you tell them what we're really here for? We're excited to join the crew at the Five Reasons Sports Network to bring you our new podcast, The Fish Tank, Dolphins Tales from the Deep. OJ, tell them what they can expect when they dive in. Yeah, Big Seth, we've got some of your favorite all-time Dolphin players in the tank sharing some of the best stories that you've never heard. So it looks like Sasquatch is chasing me (laughs) because you you know Izzo with his clothes on. He's so hairy, that guy. (laughs) Wait, why are you looking so, at me like I know yeah. Lizzo with his no, clothes off? Seth with his clothes off. So make sure you find the fish tank on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or if you're one of those Android people, Google Play Music, or on several cross-platform apps, including Podbean and Stitcher. Thanks for diving in. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.